Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, Kyla Frank, Unpack National Student Organization Manager, Rebel HQ contributor. Also, in the bullpen, you know it's Friday. Every now and then, I bring my misguided friend, Shelly Winter. I'm laughing because you already know it's going to be silly as hell. Okay. So we got Shelly Winter. He's going to talk about how black conservatives are growing in the racist, I mean Republican Party. Should be an interesting debate. Okay, first story of the day. A black mayor signs a resolution naming the month of April white supremacy month. That's basically what he's done. Let's put up the picture full throttle. Black Tennessee mayor signs a proclamation declaring April Confederate History Month, AKA White Supremacy Month in his city while surrounded by white supremacists known as Sons of Confederate Veterans Group who insist they stand against racism, okay? So a black Tennessee mayor declared April Confederate History Month while surrounded by these individuals. Livingston, Tennessee. All right, that's where it's at. Livingston, Tennessee, Mayor Robert Hayes, um, he's the person in the middle. Mayor (laughs) Robert Hayes, surrounded by white members of the Sons of Confederate Veterans. Uh, You got Norman, you got Michael, you got Junior, you got Bill, you got another Bill, and you got Tommy. Those are literally, literally their names. Those are their names, okay? Livingston Mayor Curtis Hayes, who appears to be nonpartisan with no record of party affiliation, signed the proclamation last week with members of the SCV. It is a Tennessee based group comprised of male descendants of Confederate soldiers, Overton County News reported. Now, let me give you some insight to this group. I literally interviewed a member of this white supremacist group about four years ago. And I remember in that interview, and it got heated. He came to my radio studio. He said some ridiculous things. I pushed back. And he said, if these Confederate statues keep being torn down, talking about governments that are saying, we no longer want these monuments of the Confederate because these people were racist and they were bad. He said, if they keep doing this, there's going to be blood on the street. Now, he's an old white man in my studio, okay? That's not the kind of action that he really wanted. But what he was saying is that their movement is based on violence. And we have seen this routinely with the Trump movement, with the January 6th terrorist attack, 
with uh, individuals in the Proud Boys. We've seen this. The spirit of their movement is in fact violent. Now, I have a question about this black man who signed the damn resolution, okay? People that engaged in the Confederate war, the Confederates were traitors. They committed treason against the United States of America. But beyond that simple fact, my dear misguided brothers, the Confederates fought to retain and maintain the dynamic of the industry known as slavery. They call it states rights. So anytime you give honor to individuals that fought against your own freedom, I have to call you who you are. You, sir, are a sellout. I'm sure your parents are not proud of you, the ancestors are ashamed of you, and I'm disappointed in you. There's more. The Confederate States of America succeeded from the United States in 1861, following the inauguration of Abraham Lincoln, who Southern states believed would free the slaves that ran their agricultural economy. The Confederacy ultimately lost the Civil War, the bloodiest in American history in 1865, and was dissolved back into the United States. Last year, last year, 73 Confederate monuments were removed or renamed with 723 remaining in the United States. That's according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. So the reason I bring you that tidbit is because a big movement of this particular white supremacist group is to keep monuments from being removed. So they hold demonstrations, they fund legal action. They want to keep white supremacists and those that were slave masters and racist, bigoted individuals. They want to keep them in places of honor and taxpayer funded, okay? I'm cool if you want your statue, just pay for it on your own dime. But when you tell me that my tax dollar has to fund a symbol like that, you're telling me that I have to fund symbols of my own oppression. That's not going to fly. All right, let's put the picture up again. Look at that. Now that's a damn shame, okay? All right, Kyla, we got some things to discuss here, sister. What are your thoughts? Mm, yeah, this is a down bad and anti-black brother, and it's it's really sad to see him bending over to white supremacy so like enthusiastically. The Confederacy, like you said, supported 400 years of suffering, enslavement. Jim Crow era violence, and you don't see the same level of disregard for other groups of people who have been severely oppressed. Like, could you imagine the backlash if someone erected a day in the name of the Nazi Brotherhood? Like, no, you wouldn't. And so, like, the black residents of Livingstone, um, Livingston deserve better. And his anti blackness and, and racism, it's completely unacceptable. And I hope that he is held accountable to the citizens of Tennessee yeah, or by the well citizens said. of Tennessee. That's right, well said. All right, we'll continue to follow. I'm sure this story will have more developments. Uh, remember the black store owners who got profiled by the police? They have not been awarded a settlement. Let me take you back to that video, here it is.
Hey guys. You guys, I've never seen you open this late. Yeah. Are you just restocking? No, we're just doing our thing. What's just up? doing your thing? What's yeah. your thing? What's up? Well, I just, I've never seen anyone in the store this late. Is that late. a problem? Okay, baby. No, 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 just chill, just oh. chill. Is that a problem? No, sir, there's no problem. I'm just, I've never seen anyone in the store this late. I wanted to come check in, make sure everything's no okay. There's no problem going on. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys restocking the store? There's, or? there's no problem going on. Why are you here so late? It does not matter. It does matter. To who? To me. Why? Because the store's never open this is, late. Is it your store? No. And then what? If it's not your store, what's the problem? I don't have a problem, sir. Mm-hmm. I just want to know why you guys are here so late. It does not matter. That's it, what I'm telling it you. It does to me. Can you take a hand in your pocket, please? It does not Wait. matter to me. Okay. Or when do you own the store? Huh? Do you want to own the store? It does not matter. I'm not going to answer your question. If you have a problem, you tell me you have a problem. I have a problem with you three being in the store right is now. Is this your store? Why. That's why I'm asking you. Uh, this town is my duty to protect. This is... I live here. Do not... Tell okay. me about whatever. That's fine. Okay. Where do you live? I do not. I, I'm not going to answer your question. When your supervisor is here, you tell him to come talk to me. Can you tell you me who you get, are? I, I'm not going to tell you who I am. Why? Because I'm not going to. Why? Because I'm not going to. Who are you? you My name is Isaac. Isaac. And then yes. what's your problem? My business, sir, is to look at the property down here. And if there's something that stands out to me. So what stands out to you? Like there's three black people in a store? There's three so people. You're gonna, no. Sir, you can be black, white, Hispanic. No. Absolutely, sir. There's going to be three black people in the store. You're going to come around and try to, like, you know. I don't want to argue. I just want you to tell me why you're here. Here's what happened when the supervisor showed up. Supervisor, how are you doing? That's right. How are you? You came, three of you guys. What's what's going on? What's the problem? There's three black people in the store. What's the problem? It's that. So it's one o'clock in the morning. There's three people in the store. There's three black people in the store. Three o'clock in the morning. What's the problem? There's three people. There's three black people in the store. It's three o'clock in the morning. What's the problem? It's one o'clock in the morning, and you never have any activity at the store at that time. Okay. Can you prove that it's your? I do not have to prove anything to you. Actually, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. To who? To why? Oh my God. I do not have to prove. We're looking out for our community. Okay. That's all we're doing. Okay. That's it. You're looking out for my community. That's yes. what you mean to say. Do right. you want us to look out for your community? I do, or want, do you you want us to let anybody just walk in here at 2 o'clock in the morning and steal all your I stuff? Want, I want you to look out for my community. You sure? Because yep. you don't sound like you're very grateful. No, 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 no. You sound like you're very defensive. No, no, no. Come on now. Calm, calm you're down. You're being very defensive. No, 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 no. Calm down. My officer is calm doing down. his job. Your officer is not doing his job. Yes, your he officer, is. Yeah, he is not. following the policy of the chief of police at Tiburon PD and keeping mm-hmm. his eye on Main Street. Yeah, I want to wrap up this conversation. We're wasting time. So what's going on? What, what's up? What's the next step? Prove Can to us just, that you have keys. How is my store? Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. See, that's a perfect okay. thing. I just asked for I that. Okay, okay. You know what? Put the key in the door and we're out of here. Put the key in the door? Put the key in the door. I mean, just chill. That's I'm going to put my key in the door. That's his store. What's that? That's his store. Thank, right, thank you, sir. That's all I need to know. The dude knows thank me. you. See ya. Thank you for your time. Oh Can you put the key in the door, key in the door yeah. first? Huh? Can you put the key in the door, please? I'm not going to put the key in the door. He already told you. Chief of police is walking away. That's your supervisor. He said you walk away. The police eventually left because a white person down the street said, hey, that's his store. Hey, hey guys, that's all we needed to know. Good, a good white man vouch for you. We can move on with our day, community safe. See what happened here, right? I guarantee you if another black male would have said, hey man, that's his store. The cops would not have responded the same way. Let's put up a picture of this couple. 
They're great people, they're remarkable people in their community. They have been awarded $150,000 because those cops did not, contrary to popular belief, they did not follow policies, okay? Yima Khalif and his wife Awi Awash are the owners of that store. It's a clothing brand, okay? They received a $150,000 payment. Now, this is in California, all right? A portion of which they say will go to a scholarship fund they run through the store. They scholarship young people. The fund serves to educate orphan youth in Ethiopia and Kenya. I told you they were good people. The couple, however, did not reach a settlement with the neighboring city of Belvedere, which also had an officer at the store that night. One of their attorneys said Belvedere's leaders were not up for the peacemaking and reform talks that those other cops were. The Tiburon police chief, Michael Cronin, let's put his picture up. Michael Cronin is on the left. Belvedere Sergeant Blasi is on the center and another officer, his name is Isaac Midas, all right? So these individuals were responsive in that call and they were inappropriate in their interaction. The police chief Cronin retired September 2020 amid backlash over the incident. Why? Because policy was not followed. The sergeant also resigned. The officers who approached, the officer that you heard approaching the couple that night remains an officer in that city. At the time, the couple were the town's only black business owners, only. You don't think racism had anything to do with this? They were the only black business owners. The fallout from the August 2020 encounter shoved the quiet coastal enclave to the center of a racial justice movement that began just months earlier with George Floyd's murder. But after initially threatening a $2 million federal lawsuit, the couple says they were able to achieve meaningful reforms by staying out of the courtroom and directly engaging with the town officials. On Tuesday, the couple stood in front of their store announcing those reforms. Changes include police policy and training updates, as well as the formation of a citizens advisory panel to provide a forum between residents and the police. This advisory board would vet candidates for the department and both Khalif and his wife secured spots on the board, good for them. As part of the reforms announced Tuesday, officers are expected to begin carrying business cards with information about how to raise concerns over interactions. The police department has started a pilot program where community liaisons help residents with any police concerns or needs. The agency also increased the frequency of bias training from every five years to every two. This is called a step in the right direction. They were able to achieve some things here because they initially said we're going to sue, but we're willing to bypass the two million for a much smaller settlement. But you have to implement these reforms. Okay, and reforms have been implemented, obviously. Obviously, you have to continue to watch over these reforms. Big ups to them for having the insight to create a citizens review board or an advisory board 
to oversee police conduct in their community. Uh, Kyla, what are your thoughts on this? I am so glad that they are getting a settlement because I think that racists should pay up. I'm starting to think that we should find people for being racist on the <laughs> grounds of emotional and generational suffering. Um, and I want people to really pay attention to the fact that the officer said, "Oh, I'm looking out for the community. It's clear that he doesn't include Yima and his wife in that community that he's talking about because how he approached them was aggressive and antagonistic. Um, and it's simply, again, racism, white people by default are viewed as good people and any actions that they take or to support or oppose that image are simply choices. Black people on the other hand are defined by our actions and our choices deem us to be good or bad people depending on who's looking. And we already know that the cops view us as violent. And so they approach him in an aggressive way because they already are assuming things about this gentleman. And so again, that racism that's wrapped in the system of policing that that officer showed, it needs to end because um, that situation could have looked a lot different from you yeah. had that other man not spoken out and defended him. That's right, and they would have simply claimed they feared for their life, even though the interaction was completely unwarranted. It was rooted in their own implicit and hyperaggression bias against black people. And this is the constant we deal with. And I know some people are going to push back when they see this on social media. They're going to say things like, well, doc, he could have just proved that he was the owner. Let me explain that to you. I would not have proven a damn thing. I would have did exactly mm. what this store owner did. You have no call that my store is broken into. I don't need to prove a damn thing to you. And here's the equivalent of that. Once again, this is the equivalent of saying, uh, boy, show me your freedom papers. Wait a minute, we already have the freedom to be mobile. We have the freedom to be in whatever establishment we choose to if that establishment has not filed a trespass order. So we can do this. There's no evidence of breaking and entering. There's no call of a burglary. There's no alarm going off. You have no reasonable cause here, none whatsoever. You simply see a black man walking into his own establishment, okay? There is a place where, uh, where black folk, there's a time and place where black folk are now saying, we're tired of showing you freedom papers. We don't have to prove to you why we exist. We don't have to show you that we live at the apartment complex or we have a residence in the community or that we own the business. Because you would not ask those things if our skin color were different. Mm -hmm. There's a school teacher has been fired now, compared Obama to Hitler, cursed at the students. Uh, let's just go to it. Here it is. This is what y'all pledge allegiance to. <laughs> you know, I would get me fun of. You know, when I was in when I was in high school, I was learning about Obama. You know, increasing drone strikes in the country. You know, that pissed me off because like you know. Obama, you know, I, 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 I do not like Obama, you know, because he bombed the shit out of my people, you know what I'm saying? And I would sit down for the Pledge of Allegiance, and all the kids sitting around me would be like, oh, how can you, it's America, like, we're the number one country, it's you, like, it's the number one country, bombing my people, like, standing up for, you know, a teacher can get mad at Teacher that I I asked at the beginning of you know 
Mathematics teacher, do I need to read the Bible to succeed in your class? Because this is an English class, you know. All right, this fella has a mixed bag, obviously. Uh, this is in Metro Atlanta, okay? Uh, there's more, but let me remind everyone, uh, this is a high school, this is a substitute teacher, okay? Um, sub, uh, this is a junior uh, uh, that said, Tyler Rambush said, Centennial High School Junior said, uh, the environment was unhealthy is what the student said. Uh, I don't think someone like that should be allowed in a classroom setting. He decided to compare Obama to Hitler and call someone the C word in school, he explained. Uh, the vice president of the NAACP is still concerned about the impact the teacher calls on students. NAACP says, and I quote, it's very disturbing the kind of language that was being used in the classroom, said Gerald Griggs. And we've had Gerald Griggs on the show before. First vice president of the Atlanta NAACP. School is not the place to have that kind of virtual conversation with young people. That's why they're we're concerned. And the definite racist overtones that were coming out were very, very concerning. The district immediately fired the teacher and reported him to human relations in a statement. The school's principal said, and I quote, we expect all members of our school community, student and adults alike to treat others with dignity and respect differing viewpoints and opinions. So listen, I highlight this to you because this is one of those things that's a real thing. Critical race theory is not a real thing, even though legislation will get passed saying, you gotta stop teaching critical race theory, not even taught in K through 12 education. It's a big nothing burger, right? It's a distraction, but this does happen. Where you have miseducation, egregious education, and individuals who are racially and otherwise insensitive to the culture of the student. Now, the students were universally offended based on the reporting here, okay? But they were in a situation where this is the teacher. What are you going to do? It's the teacher saying these things. Now, you may actually agree with some of the things the teacher said. That's not the conversation here. The issue is was it appropriate? For this to be said to students in an actual classroom setting, that's your issue. All right, Kyla, thoughts here. Yeah, no, that teacher was completely and inappropriate and out of line with how they addressed and talked to the students. And it's really unfortunate because he could have actually had an opportunity to give students a nuanced discussion about neoliberalism, right. why they should be anti-war or their failings of democratic leaders. I wouldn't call Obama Hitler, but he's certainly a war criminal like dozens of other presidents are. And so that point was all lost because he wanted to show his behind and curse and use other overtones when there is a appropriate way to have a discussion. And so that teacher definitely lost a lot of, you know, a great opportunity to teach the students something. I, I so agree with you on that. It is not just about how the plane takes off, it's also about how you land it. And mm -hmm. sometimes people are concerned about one and not the other. You gotta do both, right? I actually had the privilege of lecturing at St. Petersburg College today in Florida. And I was lecturing the professorial staff. And we had over 100 professors, I lectured them for about two hours today. And the lecture was about equity in education, equity in education. And one of the questions at the end of the lecture was about how do we talk about policy to our students without getting involved in the politics of Florida? Because Florida, they have their own brand of crazy politics right now. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, you have to lead with the policy aspect and how that policy impacts people. Now you can disconnect the personality and the politics, but talk directly about the policy. And that's how you take the plane from runway, flight, and land it again. And this educator obviously did not understand that art, which means maybe education inside of a classroom with children is not for you. All right, we got more, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments before I do. Let me remind everyone, all right? Uh, Food for thought trivia, you guys have been awesome. And we hope you're just as excited for the weekly food for thought trivia starting today. We're TYT members on TYT.com, Android and YouTube and other places. Have a chance to win a $100 gift card to spend at Blue Apron from TYT. Take this opportunity to give yourself a break, feed your appetite, and let's share in this experience together. For full information on how to participate, eligibility, and read the rules, go to tyt.com forward slash food, all right? Uh, the watch list, don't forget, big homie Jared Jackson, weekdays live, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Watch live daily and follow at facebook.com forward slash watch list tyt. Watch live daily also by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. Here's some of the comments. Cognitive dissonance is a hell of a drug, says he signed that under duress. Don't y'all see he was surrounded? Sorry, I got to laugh to keep from crying. Exactly. But Tracy says, I am speechless talking about the mayor signing white supremacy model bill. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. I want regular, right? How many times do I have to repeat myself? I already said it like two, three times. Are you incoherent? Are you like drunk on the influence of drugs? I'm, I'm telling you my answer like three freaking times, bro. Is your manager, like, does she have any mental illnesses? Is she on the influence Yo. I'm not doing anything, dude. You're cursing at me? Yo, get out of the rest of me. You can't touch me. Hey, bro, don't touch me. I'm gonna call the police. You touch me, I'm gonna call the cops and I'm gonna arrest you, sir. I just ordered something. Oh my god, this is so aggravating. You're recording? Ma'am, your employee is putting his hands on me. Can I order my food? Um, I'm recording you. I will make sure that everybody in this restaurant is fired. Your employee just put his hands on me. I'm trying my best here. I'm just trying to order something. I got so far on four pieces. What the hell is going on? Where's Mike Tyson when you need him? Okay. Let me just say this about this arrogant SOB who continued to spew insults at the people that were preparing your food. You see, I got some friends that would have handled that situation totally different. You would have got some extra sauces on your hamburger. They would have happily served you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, another Karen, a male Karen who feels that because somebody has a particular job that it warrants him, gives him the authority to talk to them any way he chooses. That's not how this works. And then he shows his 
cowardness when he talks all that trash. And then when the young man is tired of hearing all this trash talking, he comes from behind the counter. Now I know this is likely a violation of all of their company policies. I get that. I'm not mad at the young man for coming from behind the counter and telling the patron to leave. I'm not mad at that at all. But I want to also bring your attention to an interesting dynamic with these male Karens. Routinely, they got alligator mouths with a hummingbird ass and they mouth write checks that they ass can't cash. Bars. Kyla. <laughs> oh my goodness, you have me cracking up over here. But you know, all these fast food Karens remind me of those Snicker commercials when they say you're not you when you're hungry, except <laughs> instead of turning into Betty White, they turn into these raging a-holes and like racists. Yeah. And it's also crazy to me that they're yelling at the very people who are supposed to be making their food. Now, I definitely don't support like food tampering, but I wonder if those Karens ever think about that before they start going crazy on those people. Yeah. Like anything could happen in the back room and you acting like a a monster right now. We're gonna feed you like a monster then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I gotta say for the record, uh, I don't support food tampering either. I'm saying that for TV. All right. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's do it. It's Friday. Double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel right. Back off. I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I just pulled into McDonald's and this lady is holding this spot in front of this van for her husband to cut us all in the drive-thru so she can get her McDonald's first. There is a line for a reason. That's a dedicated Karen. Um, all right, that's not the way it works, Karen. I just think your husband is probably a horrible person. Who? What kind of husband would make his wife, you gotta think about this, would make his wife stand, stand in the McDonald's drive-through line? Could she not just go into McDonald's? Sir, could you not go into McDonald's? Could you just be okay with waiting inside of your vehicle in the line? Uh, this obviously has a lot of complexities that we may never know the answer to. We have not identified this particular Karen. Uh, if you know who this Karen is, it may be time for an intervention. Uh, because what the hell? All right, Kyla, thoughts? Yeah, no, this lady and her husband so freaking rude and entitled and over McDonald's. Like, is it really worth all of that? And I hope that this woman sees this video and wakes up and uses it as like grounds for divorce. Because yeah, like he <laughs> did, he definitely did her wrong. And yeah, like you said before, she could have walked inside the McDonald's, maybe drove into another McDonald's, or simply wait in line like a normal person. So yeah, no, she embarrassed herself. Her husband did her dirty, and yeah. Karens of this world too entitled for their own good. Right, this is what happens when a male Karen marries a female Karen, right? This, <laughs> these are the things that potentially will happen. I, I, I have to imagine she was uncomfortable, uh, but you know who knows? Maybe she wanted to do it, I don't know. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, good to be back with you. We got a lot of comments, I will read as many as I can. About the male Karen freaking out at the fast food worker. 
um, fascist killer says, these people are speaking this way to individuals that will be handling their food. They must be nuts, yeah. Robert 1007, these Karens like to bark from the other side of the fence until you come to the to their side. Then they yelp and run, yelp and run, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, drive-through Karen. Dringer Dragon, go play in the traffic, babe, I want a hash brown. Thomas Anakin, uh, fast food foolery Friday. <laughs> That's good. That's the we we may do that actually. We may yeah we may work with that. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, coaches have been reassigned, but the community is saying they should be fired. Put up their pictures full mass. Got to tell you about these fellows. All right, mm-hmm. Bel Air, Texas. Community leaders are demanding two high school baseball coaches be fired. Amid allegations of racism. So, who are you looking at? The coach, Nick Ozuna, and an assistant coach, Robert Manuel, were reassigned, not fired, but reassigned as the investigation began into whether Bel Air players made monkey sounds at a black member of an opposing team during a March 25th game. According to a previous report from the Chronicle, players also danced. They used racial slurs when a black pitcher from Westbury High School took the mound. The same Bel Air baseball coach was previously investigated for making a black player cut off his afro in order for that player to be on the team. Okay, let's put up a picture of Erica Rome. Erica Rome is mother of the student in question, alleged Ozuna would not let her son join the baseball team unless he cut his afro. Ms. Rome alleged the coach made the remark in front of other students. Chop your hair, chop, Rome alleged, the coach told her 15 year old son. Ms. Rome said she has since unenrolled her son from Bel Air. She and the local NAACP are calling for the coaches to be fired, all right? Uh, They have not been fired. Now, once again, what are we saying to all of the students involved when you can have two individuals with a background, an actual background of racist allegation and nothing happens to them. They get reassigned, not punished, not penalized, not suspended, not fired, but reassigned. What are we saying to the students? Here's what we're saying to the students. We're saying to the white students that bigotry is okay. We're saying to the black students that it is okay for people to be bigoted against you. That is the lesson we are teaching these young teenagers in the context of that particular sporting event, that recreational activity that is developed for young people to bring individuals closer together, to break down the barriers of racism, bigotry, and systemic oppression. It is supposed to be a place of commonality, of coalition building, and not a place where racism continues to divide. But this racism is coming from those in charge. It has a different hit to it, mm-hmm. okay? Let's put up the person in charge, the principal, right? There he is. That is the principal of Bel Air High. His name is Michael McDonough. What is Michael doing? Not a damn thing. You know what I'm sure? I'm sure Michael will say things like, he's a Christian man and he goes to church and he attends Bible study. If a person 
is not defined by the values that they subscribe to. They are not defined at all. Mm. All right, sister, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, like you said before, the harm was done to the black students, players, and their families. And the fact that some members of the community are ignoring that because a race, you know, these racist men have been reassigned or are, you know, getting consequences for their actions. Like, give me a freaking break. The culture of racism thrives in communities when there is no community accountability for racist actions. The coaches should have been fired immediately and made to publicly apologize. The white students should have been suspended and made to apologize as well. And there should be trainings and lessons on how to conduct yourself on the field and how to not be racist. That's accountability, that's what it looks like. And the fact that the parents, teachers and administrators aren't pressing for those things just shows me where their allegiances lie. It's not what the black students who are negatively impacted and have probably gone through some emotional harm because of those actions or their families who are trying to protect their own children in a community and public schooling. And so yeah, like it's, it's, it's frustrating. Frustrating to see that, but I'm not surprised. Again, like we have, this country has so much work to to do when it comes to addressing racism and making sure that Black students are protected. Very well said. And I always teach and believe wholeheartedly that racism is a taught dynamic. Mm. It is a man-made construct, which means racism exists on a spectrum. It exists on a spectrum. These individuals, these kids are so young that there's time to correct the spectrum of whatever racism they may hold inside of their heart. Now, for some of these cats, the hyper aggressive racists, it may be no help for them, okay? But you can help these young people by implementing an actual strategy against systemic racism and bias. But when you protect it, you are simply increasing that spectrum of racism for them. And for some, they want to do that. There are some adults that want their children to be racist. All right, this is interesting and good for him, all right? The mayor of an Alabama town, Birmingham, has announced, hey, he's going to pardon. Those that have a marijuana conviction, let's put up his picture full throttle. The mayor of Birmingham announced on 420 that he will be pardoning minor marijuana possession conviction. Last year, the mayor Woodfin pardoned about 15,000 people who had a criminal conviction for possession of the drug from 1990 through 2020. On Wednesday, the mayor announced on Twitter that he would pardon anyone in the city who had been convicted of misdemeanor marijuana possession charges that occurred from April 20, 2021 until December 31, 2021. So let me explain why this is very important, especially for Alabama. In Alabama, marijuana, even if it's less than an ounce, is still completely 100% against the law. But Alabama has what's called concurrent jurisdiction over misdemeanors. So municipalities have concurrent jurisdiction over misdemeanor offenses <clears throat> and because it is a misdemeanor offense to have these marijuana charges. If the city police, if they catch you, it is a city issue. Because of the constitution of Alabama, mayors, all mayors reserve the right of pardon for all city offenses. This is criminal justice reform without the bureaucracy of state legislature or going through a bureaucratical process. 
He has the power to pardon all city crimes. And he did so as it relates to marijuana convictions. Good for this mayor for thinking outside of the box and doing something in order to make sure that the bias that exists as it relates to drug convictions and arrest obviously would not destroy the lives of others. Here's another note, and this is one less discussed. In 2016 was my first year as a professor. Three weeks into my first semester, there was this young guy and I took him under my wing because he reminded me so much of myself at his age. He had a rough upbringing, he made it through a lot of obstacles, but he was in college. Three weeks into the first semester, he gets a letter from financial aid. Financial aid has denied him, said he could not qualify. He emailed this to me, said doc, I don't know why I would be disqualified. I have no felony convictions. I don't have any credit, so that can't be the issue. And it's not credit based anyway. So I said, I will look into it, and I did. I called the financial aid director. There was a particular code connected to the email. Financial aid director got back to me and said, doc, here's the reason. You see, your student had a minor marijuana conviction when he was 17, and because Georgia treat 17 year, uh, 17 year olds as adults, he can never get financial aid. I said, okay, well, how do we appeal this? What's the duration? How long will this last? She said, it is forever. I said, that can't be right. A minor marijuana possession, a conviction from 17, when he was 17 years old, but now have a life sentence on that young man. When mayors pardon, it takes that away immediately and allows them to get financial aid. When mayors or city governments decide to decriminalize marijuana, it takes away the potential of that life sentence against a young person that may get caught up in this ridiculous war against cannabis. All right, there's more in the Twitter video announcement. The 40 year old mayor could be seen adorned in a bright yellow shirt and the words legalize Alabama. With a small cannabis leaf, the next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg planning in the background a nice nod to the marijuana aficionado as smoke weed every day literally closes out on the song. All right, 18 states have legalized marijuana, 39 others have made some form of medical marijuana legal, but still not legal in Alabama. While there has been much legislation to legalize and decriminalize marijuana and even attempts to um, at equitable advancement for Latino and black people in the cannabis industry. Uh, it is still obviously disproportionate and against um, black and brown folks uh, for possession. There has not been a rush for pardons or early, early releases for past convictions nationally. Well, you gotta start somewhere, all right? You gotta start somewhere. Big ups to this mayor for starting here. Uh, what are your thoughts, sister? Yeah, no, I also want to applaud this mayor for actually standing up and supporting his community. I wish that more elected officials were as bold and as progressive as him. He's doing really amazing work and I hope that Joe Biden takes a page out of this mayor's book as we get closer to the 2022 midterms. Again, you know, Joe Biden promised that he would legalize it. The fact that this burden has to fall on gentlemen, um, people like this mayor. And again, he's doing great work, but that shouldn't be his job. You know, this should be something that we, we tackle on a federal level with a stroke of Joe Biden's pen. And so again, we need more bold elected officials like him and I applaud him and thank him for his work.
Yeah, uh, and here's the thing, he made it so simple. It's, so, it's literally mm-hmm. a one page document, you pick it up at City Hall, you fill it out. And the other side of what uh, this has done, because police officers in Birmingham realize that you can get a pardon on a marijuana conviction immediately, you can get a pardon for it. They are now less likely to arrest you for marijuana without mm-hmm. the law ever changing. Okay, we got some workarounds that we have to implement. It takes smart leadership to do that. Big ups to the Birmingham mayor. I got a question for everybody. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. One thing that I've been doing is praying that if anyone tries to steal a vote, that God would send the angels to steal the vote back to make it an honest vote. Yeah. I think we might as well ask. I mean, angels are, you know, they can do things, they can do jobs. So I think we should give them a job with the election. Help us make it an honest one. So angels, if there are any fake ballots that have been produced, burn them up, find them and destroy them. If votes are flipped in the yep. machines, yep. you know, flipped away from the candidate someone voted for, flip it back. And I don't care which way, if it's from me to someone else, because that's what's honest, just make it an honest vote. So I'm not asking for cheating. I'm not asking the angels to cheat. I'm asking the angels to prevent cheating, to make it honest. So, um, so I'm asking God, would you send the angels to do that? All right, okay. Um, I'm gonna have to start telling people I'm atheist. <laughs> All right, yeah, she's serious and she's running for Secretary of State in California. Let's put up a picture full throttle. Lord have mercy. Rachel Ham, that's her name, candidate for Secretary of State. In California, uh, she also claims that Black Lives Matter is evil and they're ran by two witches, uh, that Trump is the best thing to hit since Jesus Christ. Uh, so this is you know, what she says. Now, I, I just got to highlight, I mean, she's saying the angels need to commit theft here. And they need to go back and steal votes to make things even. Now, I hope she's not depending on the angels that Paula White sent. I, I'm, because obviously those angels did not come through for Paula White. Uh, this person is the same woman that said uh, that Jesus appeared to her in her closet. And that's the reason she's running for office, here it is. And because our youngest son Ezekiel is a seer, I went and got him. And I said, hey, can you look around and see what you're seeing? Because, And so he looked in my bedroom and my bathroom. And he said, there's nothing there. And then he goes into the closet, which is where I had been when I was praying. And he said, whoa, and his eyes got like big as saucers. And he kind of like started backing away and they started bending down. And he said, you've got a really big guy in your closet. And, and then he said, and he has a scroll in his hand. And so I was like, then he came with a message. Like, what is the message? And the message was a commissioning. So at the very end, I asked him what his name was. Cause I thought, what angel is this? You know? And he said, Emmanuel. That wasn't an angel. <laughs> that wasn't an angel. That was Jesus himself. I mean, that's one way to spin the story of why you told the guy to hide in the closet. 
<laughs> I couldn't help myself. Oh my gosh. Um, Sister, I don't know what to say other than what I've already said. No, um, she's a fraudster who's clearly weaponizing religion for campaign donations. But if Rachel is sincere about seeing Jesus in her closet and talking to angels, I hope she seeks medical and psychiatric help. Like, I mean, seriously, like if I said if I said that I saw Buddha or the devil or any other deity in my closet. Um, telling me to run for office, people would say I'm crazy. Like this whole assumption is ridiculous and we know what her true intentions are. Republicans like Rachel don't actually believe in the principles Jesus talks about. They don't care about right. treating everyone with dignity and respect. They don't care about feeding the hungry or sheltering the houseless. They care about power and wealth, two things that Jesus admonished in the church. So no, I don't take her seriously at all. And I know that she's not, she's not gonna win. And I hope that when she doesn't, uh, God tells her why. <laughs> Yeah, and this is, and you're so spot on, sister. And this is once again religious manipulation. I call it Jesus pimping when people will utilize these um, amazingly fantastic stories in order to manipulate their Christian base because they know there are certain segments of the society that will believe anything you put out there as long as you say Jesus is connected to it. But I, I'm also reminded of the actual principles of Yahshua, the actual principles of Jesus, who spoke against power structures. Who stood up for those that were unsheltered, who said you must take care of the widows. That was the need back then that you must take care of those who are hungry. I'm also reminded that during the time of him preaching the Beatitudes, he stopped preaching. He stopped preaching because he realized the people were physically hungry. He stopped preaching and he fed the multitude. I need preachers to stop preaching and to respond to the need, the human need that's right in front of you. Because Yahshua did the exact same thing. Follow that example, then we can talk. My dear sister, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. No, most definitely. And thank you again for having me on, Dr. Richie. It's always a pleasure joining you on this show. You guys can all follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Law underscore K1. You can also go over to Rebel HQ's channel and pull up my playlist. I have a lot of great content on there. All good stuff. Thank you so much. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.